What's up? It is the podcast. According to sources, you can go to A2S Pod One on all of your social media platforms. You can also go to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud to check out all previous shows. I am right here running the point tonight with my wingman running with me, the best trio in podcast land. Got my boy Chris Casey at C4 Dunk. My boy Brian Crawford at B underscore Crawford D. And tonight, you can go check out our previous show, which was our NBA show and our Chicago Bulls preview for the upcoming season. NBA season begins tomorrow night. Of course, the big matchup is out in Staples. Clippers, Lakers to get us jumped off late night tomorrow night. Bulls, they jump off the, against the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night. So we'll get into that. But we're going to give our predictions tonight. All right. Rookie of the year, MVP, who we think is going to come out of the East, come out of the West. And then uh, we got a special segment. First time the debut of Big Mad with BC tonight. Big Mad with BC. We'll see who's Big Mad with BC tonight. We're going to have it each and every episode because it's just it's too good to pass up. It's great content. We had to snatch it. So let's go ahead. Breaking news right before we got on today. Laurie Marketing did not come to an agreement on an extension with the Chicago Bulls. We briefly talked about it in our last podcast. Any surprise that this didn't get done? Not really. Not for me. No, because I think think Laurie got a lot to prove, you know, not only to himself, but also to the new front office. Um, You know, it's just not a situation where, I mean, obviously, you know, teams are throwing money around before a guy like that who came in, you know, with, you know, basically a lot of high praise. You know, he pretty much had like one good year. And then after that, you know, it's appeared that he regressed some. So, you know, you got a new front office, you know, you got a new GM, you got a whole new, you know, staff, coaching staff and everything like that. You know, there's conversations that's, you know, that's being had. And one of those is about, you know, do we invest this money in Laurie Marketing? So, you know, he he pretty much has a lot to prove, you know, to at least the Chicago Bulls that he's worth that money. So, no, I'm not surprised. I actually think it was a good move. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a good move. Um, you know, three, three years, you know, he's been injured. He's dealt with injuries throughout those years. So we really haven't like gotten a true sense of like the type of player I think he is yet. I mean, when you look at him, there's nothing but potential there, but we haven't just seen like a sustained level, you know, play from him from any point in time because he's dealt with these weird injuries just over the course of his career. So I also think it's just a good benchmark for the organization. You know, we're not just going to give you, you know, your four years, $72 million, you know, based on, you know, what we've seen in the past. Like, hey, it's up to you now. The onus is on you. Hey, show and prove. Uh, basically, I think the book, Jimmy Butler did this. Uh, I think Zach Levine entered a uh, restricted free agency. So, I mean, it just sets the tone now. It's like we're not just going to give you something. You know, go out there, go out there and do what you do. Man, exciting times. I think most of us paid attention to preseason games more than we ever have with these short mini series, truncated preseason because of uh, the way everything broke down with the NBA playoff and the NBA bubble. So before we get to our predictions, was there anything that jumped out to you watching these preseason games, whether it was about the Chicago Bulls or any other team? 
Uh, for me, it was Patrick Williams, just how good he is. Um, you know, I see like a lot of that Kawhi talk being floated right now. I'm not gonna necessarily go there, but um, I mean, he looks like a solid pick at number four. He also looks like a solid rookie. You know, it's just a matter of um, you know, how he plays out the season. I think the other thing that surprised me was the effectiveness of the rookies without having a summer league. Just basically throwing them in there and letting them go and play. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I like the summer league, but I think, you know, this is probably a little bit better for guys coming in, you know, because you're already in the pro system. You know, you're already playing with pros. You're not playing with guys from overseas, trying to make a roster and stuff like that, you know, and you're around the main guys, the main superstars or what have you in your team. So I think a lot of that plays a you know plays a, a significant part for me so i thought i thought that was interesting that was probably the biggest shot i honestly don't think they need some league i just need you know let guys play in the preseason and let them rock yo that's interesting take c4 yeah i mean one i have to go pat looked very comfortable uh you know just getting out there on the floor i mean you look at the difference between you know say a guy like chandler hutchinson who always kind of appears a little bit rushed doesn't know what he wants to do at all times, if he doesn't have like a straight baseline to the rim, then, you know, you can kind of get him off his game. Had pretty much played at his own speed, didn't get rushed, and uh, just some of the, like, the, little, uh, the minutes that I did see from him. Um, anything else that jumped out to me, I would just say how uncomfortable this Houston situation is going to be just until this uh, resolve. Um, you know, it's tough, like, those guys being out there and you know, James is in training camp now with them, going to start the season with them, but pretty much you have it in the back of your head, you know, this guy's not going to be with us. So it's going to be interesting to see how they start the season because, you know, seeing James, he's obviously not in the best of shape right now, but, you know, what type of start do they get off to with this in the back of their head? So that's one thing I'm going to be watching to start the season. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. What jumped out to me is, how entertained I was with some of these mini series in a preseason. Like I've never watched a full preseason game. I can honestly say both of the matchups with Ja and Trey Young, I was there for the entire game. As, as far as the starters playing, you yeah. know, you look in the middle of the fourth quarter, bench players are coming in. Then I kind of faded and w went to another game. But, you know, watching that matchup, um, I wanted to watch Dallas. I definitely wanted to watch Milwaukee. And then I think that third game, uh, the uh, Celtics game, when Brooklyn went in there, man, KD and Kyrie, we talked about in the last podcast. If they are healthy, the damage they can do, yeah. and you can see, like, okay, they like playing with each other. They know how to play off of one another. And now for that team, in my opinion, it's just a matter of continuity. You know, teams come together like that. Usually they get off until a, a, a slower start than you expect. And then the middle of the season, they just kind of pick it up, hit the ground running, and then they don't look back. So I anticipate that. As I said before, I don't think Brooklyn will be the number one seed. Um, I look for Milwaukee, who's a regular season team, with the addition of Drew Holiday, to go ahead and win the most games in the East. I do think Boston will be right there. Toronto is always going to be around. I think Nick Nurse does an incredible job. I'm impressed by the development of Chris Boucher that I saw uh, in the preseason. And, uh, yo, I'm, I'm going to be honest. 
the top four picks, I really believe all of them are going to be really good players in the NBA from what I saw. Now, you talk about Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Bell, Wiseman, I like him a lot. I think he's a perfect fit out there. And then Patrick Williams, like you said, BC, I think in this draft, which was kind of was talked about as being a top three pick. And then I'll go to number five because I think Isaac Okor showed a lot in the preseason for the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though he's on a really bad team. So that's what jumped out to me, man. I think it's going to be an interesting season, entertaining season, and I'm looking forward to get everything jumped off tomorrow night. Let's go ahead and talk about the Eastern Conference. First of all, the Chicago Bulls make it into the, uh, the play-in, and then let's get your favorite for the Eastern Conference coming out of the East. Mm, would they make the plan? Ooh, I don't know. That's tough. I haven't, you know, I haven't really seen like. I mean, the thing about the Bulls is, yeah, they got a new coach and they got pretty much new everything, you know, everything else. But it's pretty much the exact same team, and it lacks a lot of talent. And so I think that's that's a huge concern. Doesn't really matter who's coaching. So you've already come to a conclusion on guys like Laurie and Wendell. You know, I've been at on Laurie from the gate, and okay. not you know what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not very high on Wendell either. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be tough. You know, Billy Donovan to get you know getting those guys to play. You know, it's not like you you don't have a Paul George, you don't have a you know a Westbrook, you don't have a Chris Paul, you know, none of that. You got Kobe White, Lloyd Marketing, and you know a rookie. So, I don't know if they can make the plan, but I think my favorite in the East right now is probably Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the potential is there to make the play in. Obviously, health is the most important aspect with the Bulls. Mondale, Barry going through uh, bouts with injury. And then defensively, it's going to be a big issue for this team. Like, Kobe yeah. and Zach yeah. could light it up. They can get high, you know, get you some 30s and some 40s. But they, they're giving that up, you know, on the other end, you know, yep. point guards and wing combinations <clears throat> that they're going to be facing. So, um, how how they improve overall defensively is going to be a big uh, a big indicator on where they go. But injury, the injury history, like just the past couple of years, that's also going to be telling. Like if they can stay healthy, they have a great shot at it. Just looking at some of the other teams that's you know towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference and coming out, I mean, it's going to come down. I think once again in Milwaukee and um, you know now Brooklyn. You know, if Brooklyn is healthy, if they stay healthy, then it's going to be very tough, like, for anybody. Like, I think just with the amount of time, Katie, whenever a superstar is, like, away from the game, you tend to forget how truly good they are. And I think that's the case with KD. Like, you can, out of sight, out of mind, you can forget how lethal that dude is. But there's nobody in the league that wants to match up against that guy in the seven-game series. So I think it's going to come down to Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to battle for the division crown and they're going to battle for the conference crown. I'm just going to go ahead and say Boston and Brooklyn. I think I've seen enough in preseason, even though it's only a few games. I've seen enough to think that KD is right at about 95% healthy. He's, I think he's really close to the dude he used to be. And I think Kyrie – you know what? Forget all the sage. Forget all the, you know, not talking to the media. I just think Kyrie is focused on hooping. That's what I get out of it, man. I just want him to hoop. That's all because the dude, when he's in his bag, 
That dude is crazy. He is crazy. I saw him put on a couple of moves against Boston. It was just like, okay, this is taking me back to like 2016 Kyrie. Like in his bag, just want to hoop, want to dominate. And, you know, whether you want to call him a, a wingman or call him a bat, uh, Robin to Batman, which is KD, look, that dude can go off for of 40 in a minute, any night. And when I get that Kyrie, I'm very interested in that dude, and I'm very interested in the Brooklyn Nets. So I go ahead and lock in right there. Also, man, we talked about, what, the 6 through 10 in the West being very competitive. I think the 6 through 10 in the East may be not as good, but I think it still will be competitive. Depending on who you got in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you have teams like Atlanta coming up. I think Washington is going to be interested and will probably be in that race. The Bulls will probably be on the back end of that race of the 6 through 10. So even though they might not win as many games as the teams in the West, I still think it's going to be uh, competitive to see who gets into the play-in and ultimately into the playoffs there in the Eastern Conference. So where you got Miami, top five? Uh, Miami, for me, this is interesting, man, because I really think Miami gives Milwaukee problems. So if they have to face Miami first or second round, Milwaukee might be in trouble. And I think Boston made the move they made with Tristan Thompson specifically for Bam when they faced them in the playoffs. Mm. So their big, their bigs were pop, pick and pop guys, but they couldn't be physical enough to keep Bam off the board. And Bam literally controlled the paint in that series. Literally control the paint. I mean, Tatum and Brown outplayed their guys in that series. Jimmy did his thing, but Bam Adebayo in that Celtics series was the difference. He was flat out the difference. So they go out and get Tristan Thompson to get some toughness to try and control Bam in the series. I don't know if it's going to help. And honestly, I don't think anybody can really handle the tandem of KD and Kyrie. Like I said, if they're locked in in a playoff series, I just don't see it. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say Miami's probably route three. They're fighting with Toronto for three, four. And even though Philly got Doc Rivers, I'm I'm, just, I'm not buying it unless they get James Harden. If they find a way to get James Harden and swap him and have Embiid, maybe they have a chance. I still don't like any James Harden team in the playoff series. But then also, man, let me tell you this. The most interesting thing for me watching Philly, that dude Tyrese Maxey can hoop. Mm-hmm. He can hoop. Yeah, I like that young kid. So let's go to the Western Conference. Is it really uh, today they came out with the tiers for the NBA teams on ESPN.com? And at the top tier alone was the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, are they head and shoulders above everybody else in the Western Conference? Uh, right now, yeah, I'd probably say so. I mean, they picked up, I mean, they plucked Trez from the Clippers. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a big time get. Um, I mean, but then who else is in the conversation in the West? I mean, you obviously got Denver, you got Portland, but they get real thin after that. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, the Lakers coming off a championship run, they added Schroeder, um, which I think is a big move, you know, along with Trez. So yeah, I'm okay with them being like head and shoulders above everybody else in the West. I I don't, you know, I don't think that's something that's debatable or arguable. I think that's just what it is. Yeah, I mean, champ, you got championship experience now. You got 
AD, LeBron, you got the best player in the league on there. Like, there's no argument over there. I think, like, if you're talking about class in terms of talent and depth, Denver is up there um, just in terms of, like, the wings and what they can do offensively. But I think the Clippers regressed a little bit, just losing Trez there. And I think there'll probably be some other moves there just to try and, like, get some type of, like, culture of accountability there. Um, so I'm not sure if Lou Williams will be on the move at any point during the season. But, yeah, the Lakers pretty much head and shoulders now, like, above the rest of the league. What's the one team that you're just really interested in following? Golden I mean, State. Uh, Golden State. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Golden State for you. <laughs> C4, what's the team for you? Um, I'll see, I would say um, Houston won. Milwaukee, too, um, just because the James Harden situation. I want to see what Houston can get back, you know, for them, how long they play into this uncomfortable uh, situation. Like, how long do you allow this to go on? Because it's going to be a distraction because reporters are going to ask about it. Um, and then I think Milwaukee. I mean, Giannis just re-upped there for five years. What, two, two, whatever it was. To whatever it was, so just seeing how they respond um, going this year because, like, they've been they've ran away with the East the last two years, but now I think you pretty much have to scale it back because now you know you're there for the end game now. So I want to see what adjustments they make throughout the season that will pay dividends in the playoffs because you can't continue playing the same way like throughout the year and expect to see tangible results in the playoffs. I think Russ getting back with Scott Brooks out in Washington. We'll see how he meshes with Bradley Bill is interesting. Also, I want to watch Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. That combination has been ball, has been balling out in preseason, meshing very well. Stan Van Gundy, they go and get Stephen Adams to help out with the defense. Eric Bledsoe came back for the last preseason game, and mm-hmm. they look they look really good. They don't play as fast as they used to, and really Zion in the, the half court has looked really good because he's mostly been on the post. I haven't seen him hovering around a three-point line like he was last year. So I think he can do damage, definitely get teams into the penalty. He just can't hit his free throws consistently. So if he can get up to about 70%. Still, you get that. Some of the stuff that I've been seeing from them, getting him the ball while he's on the move. Yeah. There's nothing you're doing if he catches the ball and he's in, he's in like stride. It's, Basically, you either try to foul him or whatever, but nobody's stopping that dude going to the round. Yeah, and then I'll I'll be on a Terry Rozier trade watch as well. In oh, Charlotte. It's over with now. <laughs> he out of there. And I would like to say we talked about it. We talked about it with that cat RP3 natural when he was on with us and talked about it last week as well, man. Cole Anthony, man, is just he's just an NBA player. Yeah, he was drafted too low. He was drafted too low. Man, the kid is really good. I know he's behind Markel Fultz, but when he comes in, he's aggressive. Nice little change of pace. Absolutely a nice change of pace. And his three-point shot has been really consistent from what I've watched. So watching him and Mello, watching him and LaMelo compete against each other and go back and forth against each other, it was a joy to watch. All right, let's get your MVP, man. Who's going to be the MVP? Ooh, that's tough. Uh... Give me your, your MVP and then give me a sleeper. I mean, it could go a lot of different ways, man. Like, you could, you know, you could see the narrative shifting towards LeBron again, um, depending on how he plays. 
you might be able to see, you know, you might see Anthony Davis in that same conversation. I think it's going to be hard for Anthony Davis to get an MVP as long as we playing with LeBron, but whatever. Um, and then you might get a good redemption story, you know, with uh, Kevin Durant. If they can get, if they can get, you know, Brooklyn to the top of the hill. Um, I can't really say right now, man. Like without 75 games, without seeing anybody really do anything. But I'm probably, if I had to pick somebody, I think probably, if he put up numbers, I think AD would get his first one. All right. Yeah. You got a sleeper? My sleeper? Mm. Kyrie, six All foot, right. six foot Kobe. Uh, me, I would say if he can get Dallas to like finish anywhere in the top four, Luca. Um, if I had a sleeper, I'm gonna go Joel and B. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Luca is the odds-on favorite based upon Vegas. I do think. LeBron and AD, I think they will have a couple of obstacles. The truncated offseason, which means I don't think they will really play as many minutes as they usually play early on in the season. But I do think LeBron will make a nice little run at it the second half of the season. Also, I think the Lakers are good enough to where they'll be blowing teams out. And Brian won't get a lot of fourth quarter minutes. You know what? Not it. Luca. I, I think Luca. I'm gonna go with Luca. Yeah, Luca. I think being an odds-on favorite, it makes sense. And they're ready to give it to him. They're yeah. ready to give it to him. I think right now we might get some boredom with Giannis and his numbers. Yeah, we might get to that point. Like, all right, dude, you do that. Same thing with James Harden. All right, that's what you do. The MB pick is really because I think Doc will really unleash him and force him to get on that box and really bring out the best of him. So that would be a really good pick, especially if they get James Harden. Um, we all know how BC feels about Ben Simmons. So, and I'm starting to lean that way too, man. It, I'm just waiting for him to bust out and command this game and it's not happened. Uh, I think KD can be a sleeper pick. I think KD can be a sleeper pick, but this is my ultra sleeper pick. And I know I'm going way out on the limb and I'm by myself. My sleeper pick for MVP or at least to be in the running, is Trey Young. Yeah, you definitely got yourself on that one. I know him by myself. I, and I love Trey, but I'm you got to look at it. It's, 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 it's going to be a different, not difficult year, but they got a lot more. You got a lot more guys on that team that need touches. You got John Collins, who didn't get his rookie extension picked up. He's right. going to want the ball. So, I mean, I don't think Trey's going to have the ball in his hand as much this year. He could put up 25 and 15 and still wouldn't be in the conversation. But this this is my thing. This is my thing. He put up 29 to 10 last year, right? Right? On a bad team. So let's say he it drops down to him putting up 25 and he supplants LeBron because now you have Dennis Schroeder out in L.A. So now he supplants LeBron as the top guy in the assist. And let's say he puts up 25 and like 13. They still not gonna win enough games for him. This to is this month, and Atlanta makes a jump in the East because they're in the weakest division in the East. But the East got better. 
I don't but I still think well I'll take that back. The central is the weakest division in the I, east. But it's really just Milwaukee. For Trey Young to even have a chance, Atlanta gotta finish top three in the east somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's that's see that's the caveat. They have to finish top three, top four. That's not gonna happen. And if they finish top three, top four in the east, that's the only way he jumps in. But you know, I just had to go against the grain and say something really outrageous, dude. Because we all sitting up here saying Luca, LeBron, you know. I mean, but I think the Joel Embiid was a good one, though. C four, I mean, that's a really good one. Trey, Trey was a safe pick. It's just they just not gonna win enough games. Yeah, they're not gonna win enough games. I mean, it's not like this ain't gonna be in a Russell Westbrook situation where he averaged a triple double and they no, not at all. He's, totally, he's, totally he's, different dude. Totally yeah. different dude. Totally yeah. different dude. Rookie of the year. We talked about this rookie class. I think they're very surprising. Uh, BC, you made a great point talking about how them being acclimated right into the preseason, right into camp, into the preseason might work better than actually playing summer league. So go ahead. Give me your rookie of the year. I have no idea. <laughs> I ain't even lie because it could go like either way. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get, you know, Patrick Williams could be rookie of the year like with no problem um you know you got a guy like anthony edwards who is basically gonna get any shot he wants in minnesota we still haven't seen james wiseman play can he make a you know can he make a difference and an impact on their team uh lamello's probably won't have a chance because i don't i just don't think i ain't gonna say that uh i don't think he's gonna get the minutes but it's a possibility I honestly don't know. I couldn't even tell you. But if I had to, if I had to take a pick, I'd probably go with Pat Pat Williams, rookie of the year. Uh, I keep it like that. Yeah, I'll probably go to. I mean, this mostly falls down to who has the ball in the hands a lot. So mm -hmm. it's, I think it's going to be between either uh, Lamelo or um, uh, the kid from Pistons, uh, Killian Hayes. I think it's going to be between those two. You think Lamelo gonna get? You think he gonna start at some point? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious, man. Because, yeah. yo, we talked about. This is a great point, and we'll move on right quick. We talked about Kobe White getting the ball last week, and when you watch Kobe play, even if he makes a good pass, it's still a second too late. Because he's not a natural point guard. No, he's a scorer. He's a scorer. Like, uh, yeah, so he, even if he makes the right play on the pick and roll, the pass is still a second too late. You watch LaMelo play, and they can be zoomed in on him dribbling, and he lets the ball go, and you have no – like, where is he throwing this? And all of a sudden, it's like he throws – he's like a quarterback. He throws the guy open. He sees it before the guy breaks open. And that's the type of stuff you get with him, man. And if he'll consistently improve that three-point shot, if he can make two to three per game, and then defensively he's actually been decent. I expected him to get blown by and backdoored a lot. Nah, he's been locked in and giving effort. So if he's going to do that. He's been playing pro ball too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. He's been pro ball. So that, that, that makes a big difference. But that goes back to my statement. I really think the top five picks 
of the NBA draft are going to be eventually be really good NBA players. I'm shocked you just said your boy, BC. You're not going. You're not about to get a nod to Obi out there with Tibbs. Look, Tibbs will have a heart attack coaching that team. They so bad. It's ridiculous. The podcast, man. Do you I mean, have to do really good there? Because think about it, there's nobody on the team that can say anything back to them. No. Yeah. At all. Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to really buy into that, though. Like, you, Tibbs is an acquired taste. And yeah. he's, only been around, he's only been around veteran teams. The Boston yeah. is not a veteran team. Bulls was a veteran team by the time he got there. He got a bunch of kids, man. Yep. Like, that's that's going to really, like, somebody going to get driven crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's either going to be him or them. It ain't going to be him. It ain't going to be him. <laughs> it ain't going to be him. So he got, right. he got a challenging gig. Who do you have for your surprise team and coach of the year? A surprise team? Mm, probably Atlanta. Yeah, probably okay. agree that. Yeah, I think they'll be on the, they'll be on the radar a lot more this year, which is you know just good for that franchise in that city. So yeah, I go. what's the what's going to be the big difference, or shall I say, the biggest attribute that Rondo's going to bring to Trey Young? Um, I would say looking at the game from a different different point of view. I mean, Ron, I think he's going to play pay dividends just for all the young guys on that team i mean trey is obviously going to be the beneficiary like majority more so than anybody else but i think he's going to give trey a different way to dissect the game as opposed to the way trey young already sees the floor he's going to have a different understanding of seeing basically seeing what the other team is doing against him to limit what he's doing and how to make that uh make somebody else give somebody else an easier opportunity so i think Rondo is going to be a play a huge hand just overall there, but more so with Trey. I think he just gives him a different way to look at the game. And I think right. help him. I think he's going to help him a lot defensively too. Um, Rondo doesn't get. I mean, he, he doesn't really get enough credit for being a, a really great defensive guard on you know on the perimeter. Um, and Trey, even though he is an offensive player, you know just from what I seen in that little you know when they was playing Memphis, um, you know. I, John Moran is John Moran, you know what I'm saying? But he, you know, Trey tried to stay in front of him. He tried to play some defense on him. Um, he was getting a little physical, you know, when you got that Grayson Allen situation, you know, where Grayson basically grabbed him. Um, so I think Trey is going to pick it up on that end. I think uh, Rondo is going to play a huge part in that. I'm going to go ahead and cast my lot with Steve Nash for a coach of the year. Who you guys have? That's probably the best pick. Yeah, that's probably the best pick. You know, me, him a doc, depending on what Doc and your Phillies do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's the best story, too. All right, so, man, one of the most Chicago videos I ever saw popped up on Twitter last week. So check this out, man. This is uh, it's down there around you in Memphis, the Chris Burning Show. And uh, Tony Allen is sometimes a special guest on with him. Tony Allen, you know. Uh, started out at Julian High School and transferred over to Farragut. You know, he always talks. He calls himself first team all defense, great defender, longtime Memphis Grizzly. He was on the show, and they were talking about Taylor Horton Tucker and the success he's had in the preseason. Yeah. At 33 the other day, the, the talent kid. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Horton Tucker. I saw him in the G League one day. Let me give you a story. So I'm in the G League. 
And he killing. He had like 29 at halftime. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, he with us. The man looked at me and said, I don't even belong out here. <laughs> he told me that. He said, man, I don't belong in no G League. I don't belong out here. Hit a three. Next play now. Bam! Look dead at me. I said, that boy real. <laughs> I said, he real. He real. So to see him do this in the game right here, I saw him do that in the G League against the Hustle. No cap. I saw him. He is different, man. He, the last two I games, he I was. There, I said something to him, and I think he went off for like 38. He had like 38 that game in the G League. So now seeing him do this right here, this kid been working on this game. You could tell, you could tell who been working on that game. When you they come back the next year and they just – Boom, boom. They just doing stuff and one uh, uh, shots, understanding, reading the game. They act cute and got better. They body didn't yeah. transform. You think he knew who you were? Yeah, you got to know who I am. First team on defense. He is He is 20 years old, T.A. Yeah, he's 20. That's, there's a generation. He went to Simeon High School, bro. Oh, he's from Chicago? Yes. Oh, okay. He know. He know uh-huh. who he is. He know the vibes. He went to Derrick Rose High School. He, he know stared you down. But he was like, he was looking at me like, boy, I'm from the crib. I'm from Chicago. You should know that. And I didn't know who he was until I looked at the brochure and said, okay, Chicago, Illinois. And I'm, oh, you from Chicago, my man. <laughs> you know? And it was one of those type of things. And uh, I saw him yesterday. I was definitely impressed. I was impressed. Yo, that's the most Chicago video. First of all, Tony Allen still talks like he's from the shy. For reasons he hasn't been here for a long time. But look, he still talks like he's from the shop. And when he's narrating and he's telling the story and he gets to the point where Taylor Tucker's like, I shouldn't even be here. You can like envision him saying that. I mean, in a Chicago voice. I mean, if you saw him in high school, you know, yeah. He was nasty in high school. It was ridiculous. So I mean, I am like I'm a little shocked that he's been as good as he is, but you know, he's you know he's worked his way into the rotation. He's gonna be tough to deal with because his offensive game is solid, and his body on defense he get you know he get real physical. He get up in you, and, and he was doing that since back at Simeon. So yeah, they got it. I mean, the Lakers got them one. He's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I mean, you look at just offensively what he does that makes you uncomfortable as a defender is he's going into you like he's seeking out you know physicality there's only like a handful of guys in the league really that play like that so he's got that going for him long arms on defense so man i'm interested to see how they work him like in a rotation but man he's 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 been he's been nice since high school yeah i'm from the crib you should know that you should know that you fact, know was, that. T- was t- watching this game as like a scout or something no, he was down in Memphis, so they were playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, not the Memphis Grizzlies, but the Memphis G League team. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He's just in attendance and just walking the trash. Just walking the ground. Just talking trash. Just talking trash. Like he with us. But the crazy part was like, do, he, do you think he know you? I'm like, of course. When I heard that question, I'm like, yeah, everybody was talking about yeah. Right. What kind of question is that? Man, that's Chicago Hoopers. We know everybody. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, Chicago basketball might be one of the smallest worlds you can exist in. Like, because everybody's connected. Yeah. Everybody's connected. All right. Time to debut our brand new segment right here. 
gonna have a nice open and everything for you bc in the future but it's time for big mad with bc right here on the podcast according yeah, to i'm not you see that's the thing i'm not mad they mad at me that's why that's that's the whole purpose that's the thing so we're just going to start out with a couple of dudes that were big mad with you and tonight's uh topic shall we say is going to be centered around steph curry <laughs> so we got we got one guy that said, how in the hell did you get your blue check mark? Let's talk about that for a minute. Let me, let me, basketball let, me, dumb. <laughs> let me let me start right there. First of all, if you come out the gate with that with me, you already lost. <laughs> Over. Like we have no more conversation, no more argument. You done outed yourself as a lame up and to talk to you like, like that. Now, the Steph Curry thing. I don't think I said anything wrong. I didn't slander the man. I didn't say that, you know, that he couldn't play anything like that. I said he has a lot to prove because you don't got that, you know, you don't got that 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 all-star whip around you and you're the best player. So now you got to do something with it and you got to show me that you can do like what I've been saying for a long time. Can you do what Dame Lillard has done? And you got more talent around you right now than Dame has had in the last five years other than this year. That's all I said. I just basically set some expectations. People got mad at me. But it was funny. I don't know if y'all seen it today, but they had a GM poll, and they said, who would you want to take the last shot of the game? Guess who was number one? Dang. Dang dollar. Guess who was number two? Steph. So don't get mad at me. Now you can go argue with, you, you know, argue with whoever GM or whatever. You don't have to get mad at me no more. But I said this already, so... I don't know why they all in their feelings about that. Plus, like I said, I ain't even slander Steph. I ain't say nothing bad about him. Oh, it got better. Your boy Ed Roger underscore fan said that uh, CJ carried Dame all the way to the Western Conference Finals. I think I just blocked him for me. <laughs> <laughs> did, you see, did you see C4's face? Yeah. That's what I mean, but it, it goes back to, like, are these guys really watching, like, basketball? Or are they – like, are they watching like little clips or these little, these little videos that people put on where they just show the makes, the makes of the players, like little highlight reels? I don't think nobody's really watching the game. If you can say CJ carry Dame all up until like that makes no sense to me. Well, well, no, but here's what makes even less sense, right? So I'm having this conversation. It to me is completely like just pretty much black and white. Yes, Steph Curry is very good, but. There's no question that he has had a better team around him than Damian Lillard had. Like, that's not even an argument. Like, nobody should even debate that, right? Now, didn't somebody come at you saying that Dame has had a better cast around him? Well, somebody might have said that, but I think the, the, thing, the thing that kept sticking out to me most, and this was being said by people, like, I'm looking at, like, I done had basketball conversations before. I'm like, how can you say this? Like, people are saying, like, CJ McCollum is equal to Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Forget about Kevin Durant. Forget about that. Like, how is CJ equivalent to them two guys? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So for them to say, oh, well, if when I say that Dame, I mean, uh, Steph had a better team, well, Dame got CJ. Okay, that's still not enough because there's nobody else on that team who can account for what Draymond can do. I had somebody say, like, in that playoff series against 2019, Myers Leonard was just as effective 
as Draymond <laughs> Green because they had the same stats. I'm like, is like really? Who big man. Like, am oh, I big man? Like, am I talking to children right now? Like, that's why I don't get it. Like, it, that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It just does not click. But they, I mean, I'm telling you, man, they had CJ like he was all world. I'm like, he's not even an all star. Well, he's an all star caliber player. Well, like I said, that's like that's like being almost famous. You either are, you ain't. Here's your point blank. You either famous or you're not. And even if he was an all star, guess what? Draymond been an all star. Clay Thompson been an all star. Clay finna go to the Hall of Fame. Draymond might go to the Hall of Fame. They both been Olympians, and they both won gold medals. CJ ain't did none of this. So I'm not saying that he's not a good player, but he ain't that. Yeah. And that's not an insult to nobody. That's just like like C4 said, are y'all watching basketball or y'all just watching clips? Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah and um, I think uh, they, get, they got upset because you said you thought Dane was the better all-around player. I do. I do. I think I think the one thing Steph does better than anybody is shoot the basketball. I think we can all agree on that, and I'm not going to ever take that away from him. But Dame shoots the ball pretty good, too. You know, Dame, to me, is a better defensive player. They're just as good as passers, and I think Dame can carry the load more than Steph. So, yeah, all around on both sides of the ball, I'm taking Dame. But that's no – just because I say Dame is better don't mean that I don't like Steph. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what people missed. I think they, exactly, yeah. they thought you were trying to take a dig at Steph, and that's totally not what you said. I think this goes back to uh, a podcast we did over the summer where we were honest about uh, Dane. If he had the surrounding cast, if he played next to KD, he would have a championship as well. I think Golden State still wins those titles if they swip, if they swapped out Dane and Steph because – the one thing that doesn't get talked about as enough is like Dame is an Oakland dude. Like you think he wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? He wouldn't try to put on for you know for the Warriors and for the Bay and try to win them championships the same as Steph does. Yeah, come on, man. And Dame was an all-star in year two. You know what I'm saying? Like he like he he had to rise up, you know, a little bit higher and faster and quicker than Steph. It took Steph for a you know, Steph a little while to get to where he is now. But I still say this, Steph has probably had only about three year run since he's been in the league having many years. Like he's had them three years that basically elevated them up to this, but they ain't been consistent this entire career. Yeah, and there you have it, folks. That is why BC said the Golden State Warriors will be the team to watch for him in this NBA season because he wants to see if Steph Curry without Clay Thompson can lead that team to the playoffs. Kelly Oubre was a good pickup for them, though. Great pickup. And I think he's yeah. going to be solid for him, too. I mean, the boy ain't got no heart, but you know what I'm saying? He's still, <laughs> he's still a good player. He ain't got no heart. That boy's soft. <laughs> but, I mean, when he locked in, he's pretty good. He's pretty damn good. Oubre is, you know, is a monster. Then, like I said, you work in Wiseman, you bring in Draymond Green, you got something. So, Steph got it easy. Like super easy. All you gotta do is get to the playoffs, maybe even win a series. So what you say? What you say? Steph still has a better supporting cast. Yes. Well, what are you talking about right now? Yeah, right now. No, I think I think Dame got the better team right now. Okay. C four, you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Without Clay, there's a huge difference. Yep. Shout out to uh, E40 and Short giving us a nice versus. 
I watched some of that. Pumping out the bay, I lost my mind when Sprinkle Me came on. <laughs> it took me back. And Flavor uh, in your ear, let's get ready to get out of here, man. Flavor in your ear, what's been on your uh, your iPod or whatever listening device you've had going on? Uh, I think I texted you and Bane the other day, man. I would listen to a lot of this dude, Crime Apple. Um, yeah. That's dope. And then Conway the Machine just dropped the deluxe from King to a God. He got five new songs on there, some heat. So, you know, I keep it in the gutter. Yeah, I'm going to get a tap into that Conway like this week. But I haven't been listening to really anything like lately at all, like the last week and a half, really. And, uh, man, I did my own verses. I don't know if you guys saw it. I got into a little spat on Twitter with my uh, my boy, Russ Dorsey, who covers the Chicago Cubs. Me and him got into it with this guy because we pretty much said the Chicago versus we were trying to come up with a Chicago versus to rep the shot like short and he 40 represented the Bay. And the only thing we could really come up with at the time was common and uh, Lupe. And we were like, man, common will watch him like 15 to five. That's we said it would be 15, five common. You say that dude name around me. Lupe. <laughs> and uh, this guy, John younger guy jumps in and was like, yo, Y'all being disrespectful, Common wouldn't watch him like that, especially if Lupe went into his mixtape catalog. And we were just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Common and Lupe? For a I'm like, Common will watch that dude, man. It wouldn't even be close, in my opinion. But, man, is there a Chicago versus that could actually? It's a couple of them. You got I me mean, right off the bat. You could give me Bump J and G count. From LEP, I take that. Now you going deep? (laughs) That one. Um, you could give me. I mean, it ain't gonna ever happen, but I would do a R. Kelly and a Twister. Um, I don't think Kells would be able to show up. But I said it ain't gonna happen. He's got some applications. (laughs) Yeah, unless they gonna, you know, he got some Zoom ain't gonna even help him. Um, and then you could probably go if you had to throw common in there, probably common, and, and that's tough because, like you said, he shot town Nas. I don't know, yeah, it's tough to find somebody else. I don't know who you can run up against. Common, I mean, and and if you find somebody, it wouldn't be nobody that people know, it'd be like, yeah, and like Mickey Halstead or something. That's probably like the best matchup, mm-hmm. but don't nobody really know Mickey like that, so right. Hang up. Oh, it ain't gonna really hit, but I think that's probably the only dude that I could think of off the top of my head of like real like OG Chicago rappers. Common and Mickey would probably be the best host. I mean, uh, best verses if you put best verses against somebody. Yeah. Podcast according to sources, man. Thank you for joining us for our prediction show. Uh, you can go as I said before, a two S Pod One on all your social media platforms. You can put in A2S Network for the podcast according to sources, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. We're out there. Check out our previous. You can go back and check out our uh, NBA preview and Chicago Bulls preview. Um, I think we'll probably get with you guys after we watch the first 10 to 15 games, pretty much see what the Bulls are talking about, talk about the impact of Billy Donovan, and we'll. I guess we'll see – Definitely, if Kobe White can handle being the point guard, and hopefully DC can hold off upsetting somebody. Trade him. What'd you say? 
Trade him for Cole Anthony. I'm down with that. Kobe for Cole? Yeah, I'm, 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 I think y'all like C4. I'm, I can honestly say right now, I would, I would consider it. I wouldn't even consider it right now. I would consider it. if I, if I want a point guard, you really have Kobe. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what is it? This is only kid's second year. I mean, when you can score at this level, I know it's kind of, it kind of not looked at as good anymore because like it's a scoring league basically now but when you can score like that like yeah i think cole is gonna have to find his way a little bit he's gonna be good in transition there but it's gonna be an adjustment yeah i'm not ready to give put cole over kobe just yet well, i'll say forecasting you think you think kobe's gonna end up being a better player uh that's tough it's still too too early but I mean, it did, and also depends on what what eventually Kobe is going to become. What Cole has at that point guard position, Kobe is like still learning. So it's it's two it's two different it's two different types of players. Like the where Kobe is good at now is things that Cole is trying to improve on, and vice versa. Well, I think I I think Cole has a better IQ for the game, and I think his scoring ability will come if you just turn it loose. Like Cole, Cole can he he can put it up. Like he can he can put the ball yeah. in the hole. You know what I'm saying? So you you take that scoring ability. I think whatever Kobe White can score by next year, Cole could probably put that up himself. And you add that IQ to it, I would I would trade him in a minute because I think the IQ, the way you see the floor and the way you understand the game, is gonna go way farther than Kobe than Kobe White just going out there and just getting buckets. I think he's gonna make a difference. Yeah, there's no willingness to play defense whatsoever. Yeah, instincts for me, C4. When I watch Cole Anthony, I see NBA pedigree. I see instincts for the game. Like, I know Cole can score. I know he's going to score. But I just think Cole Anthony eventually might bring a little bit more to the game. So would I be willing to move off of Cole to develop that? I would probably lean that way right now, but that's not me saying I don't like Kobe. I'm not yeah, like me. You even got to see like how they develop too. I mean, we don't know what this. Oh, absolutely. Especially it's in Orlando, crowded in Orlando for exactly. Cole versus Kobe would fit right in there. You know, so like if you swap them, that'd be like great situations for both. Because the Bulls don't really have a point guard. Yeah, and Markel. I mean, Markel Fultz is getting better, but I don't know how much better he's really going to get. Yeah, like, he's, he's still like an interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's still trying because I mean, I watched a little bit of him last last season, and like confidence is obviously a lot higher than it was mm-hmm. in Philly. But yeah. you, know, you still there's bits and pieces where you'll see like the kid who we thought he was going to be. Right. But I don't know. Just waiting for him to put it all together. I mean, because if you look physically, like if he can tap into like everything that's there physically, I mean, that dude is, we're probably talking about him in the conversation, like with those, like just a tier below, like uh, Trey Young's and the John Morant. Yeah. If he had become who we thought he could become in Philly, that would have taken so much pressure off of Ben Simmons. I don't think it would. I don't think it was ever going to work. No, from the standpoint of if he becomes the guy that's your point guard, 
That's a lead guard that can score, right? And that can make shots. Ben Simmons is still under the microscope because he's number one overall pick. But if he if folks had become the player he was supposed to become, oh, they would have won the East. No, but I look at it. Folks has been like a score as well. So Ben would have still you're taking the ball. One of those guys would have had to get used to playing without the ball in their hands. But doesn't that doesn't that doesn't that force Ben to develop other things rather than think so. the pond? I don't he's think so. been five years in the league. You still ain't got a jumper. Yeah, I said Ben has always been used to being like a tall, a big guy who handles the ball. I don't think that changes. Like you can, I don't think we'll ever see Ben like take probably later towards the end of his career, like the yeah. later half, where we'll see him taking like spot up three point shooters. I don't think we're going to see him going off the dribble, raising up the pull up jumpers. I say put him in a post so he can get easier looks little turnaround jumpers, but I don't think he's ever going to be the type of player where you're just kicking it out and he'll take those little kickouts and he'll take a shot every day in a while, but he's not comfortable doing it just yet. BC, I thought you were going to say something. Man, Ben Simmons trash, bro. <laughs> he's trash. He's definitely not trash. I think somebody somebody came with you about that statement as well. I mean, I just, I mean, I know you 6'8", you rebound, you know, you you get assists. I mean, all that's cool. You 6'8", you're supposed to be doing that. But when I say you trash, you've been five years in the NBA program. You still have not even tried to develop a jumper. And all you do is spend your life in the gym. You get paid to be in the gym to play basketball. Right. You have a jumper? Trash, fam. I can't go. I can't go. Mm-mm. Can't win with you. Just like James Harden. Can't win with him either. Well, you might be able in, in the right situation. I think you can win with Ben Simmons, but I just don't like the fact that he hasn't even attempted to like expand his game beyond what he already does. Right. That well, I can't expect. I think, well, I think just that just the translation from what you work on, putting it out there on the floor. I don't think people realize how difficult that is. Because I'm pretty sure this guy spends the offseason taking pull-up shots, corner three-pointers. But to actually translate what you're working on into like game speed and game action, that's a completely different level. I don't think, I don't think he's working on his game at all. See, that goes back to what Tony Allen was saying in the clip about Taylor Horton Tucker. When you come back, you can tell who's been working on the game. Yeah, I don't think Ben. I think Ben Simmons in the summertime puts on his jewelry. He travels. He, you know, he roll around with ticks and he he lived that superstar basketball life. I don't think he working on his game like that. And you can see it. I don't believe it. The podcast according to sources. There you have it, man. We'll get back to you. Uh kudos to Michael Jordan. I think I can officially say you got a pick right in the NBA draft. <laughs> Couldn't couldn't go, couldn't couldn't do anything wrong. We could have, but you know, I kept he, hoping he could have passed. I kept hoping and praying. Yeah, I kept hoping and praying he pulled a mic at the three. No, I'm glad that I mean just for that franchise, that city, like mm-hmm. they actually have somebody that you could tune into, and now there'll be like there'll be national recognition as well. So I'm just happy for it, like the city of Charlotte. Maybe All right. get out that funk that he's been in. Man, the podcast according to sources, man. Check us out, get in tune with us, man. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. We talk about the beginning of the NBA season and have more. Big mad with BC, but my guy, before dunk, 
my boy Brian Crawford at B underscore Crawford D. Uh, oh yeah, C four man, man. Kudos to another great article, my brother. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, it was a pleasure. Follow everything, man. A great article on Shannon Sharp and how he stays in shape uh, post football. It was a great article, man. Get in tune with everything C4 is doing over there with all of the outlets he's been writing for. And uh, BC. This the only dude in the game still getting merch, man. Somebody else said that to me. He's like, God damn. He's like, man, it's quarantine, man. You still getting packages. You're still getting packages. Boy, your, your, your FedEx and UPS man is cracking. <laughs> Hey I'm, hey, I'm just glad. I'm just glad we got a system the way he's not just leaving them like some of some of these other delivery drivers out. Oh, yeah, no. Sports would love to get you, boy. Man, seriously, <laughs> Robin, <laughs> BC, you down there in Jacktown, man? Prime did his thing. National signing day, the early signing period. He did his thing, getting top players, four stars, five stars. His son uh, transferred over from South Carolina. He got his other son that more than likely will be the starting quarterback for the program. So things are looking up. And also, see, you guys are getting your own reality show down there in Jacktown, man, coming on own network. I mean, that came with him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, is on, he is on reality show, but ain't nobody going to be able to recruit crime. And it's going to be tough. I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that that piece piece not, not just in the swag. I'm talking about just in college football. It's yeah. going to be hard to out-recruit that dude. Especially in the South. I mean, because like all of these kids, like their parents know who Deion Sanders is, even if they don't. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like your mama's and your daddy, yeah, you want to play for Deion. So yeah, now nah, ain't nobody going to be able to out-recruit him, man. It's going to be it's gonna be some impressive stuff. It's going to be a pro factory, like a legit pro factory. All your scouts are going to be right here. It's going to be a lot of college coaches, especially in the state of Mississippi, big mad with that cat prime time. Oh, it's only a matter of time before they get the line on them and, you know, yep. Yep. You know yep. and it was coming out here and there. Yeah, you know, trying to figure out what he's doing. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. All right, fellas, man, I'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Yes, sir. All right. We out.